This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Shanklin must stay for Dundee United. The best time to play Celtic for Dundee. And we enter another dimension. Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome back to another episode of Twa Teams One Street. The A-team are back and I am joined by Mr. T, George Chan. <laughs> Hello, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know why you're Mr. T and I also don't know, because of my age, I don't know anyone else in the A-team. So Bear, you can pick your own character from the A-team. Who are you? Oh, the A-team was brilliant. George Pepper. Well, yeah, right. That was a great programme. Okay. Mr. T as well. I'm not sure why you're calling George Mr. T. Absolutely no resemblance whatsoever. <laughs> And I, I'm quite happy getting on planes as well. It's fine. I see George. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you saw George? Bear, I think it's a mohawk since you last saw him. So. Is he? Yeah, right enough. Aye. Right enough. You're right. You know, we think that we're all still going to go back to the office in the same state we left the office. Well, boy, we're going to get a few surprises. Eh? Well, medallion, medallions are a good post post virus look yep. as well. I think. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, Bear. We're going to need a weather update from you as well, seeing yeah. as you were off last week. How was your? How was your, Was it a sunny holiday? It was a sunny holiday yes, for me. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was, a, it was a lovely break. The weather was was decent. I've got to say, it was nice. Nice temperatures, and it's continued. Um, continued into this week. There's. We keep watching the uh, the weather reports on the TV, and they, they keep telling me that rain is on the way. There's a low pressure about to come in, which would would probably be about right for the weekend coming up. But uh, there's nothing at the moment. It's still a sunny day in Dundee, and I'm hoping that we're going to clink it for a few more days yet. Absolutely, it's nice outside and hopefully um, the form can pick up a little bit for Dundee United. The Tangerine's not so sunny at the moment. Um, an opening day defeat at Aberdeen on Sunday 2-0. Johnny Hayes and Don's new signing Christian Ramirez getting the goals um, at Pataudry. Not a great start, George, for United under Tam Courts. The fans weren't happy. Do you feel they're maybe a bit justified in, in some of their anger given the performance or is it just a wee bit too early to be having this reaction no I, I think if I was in, the, in their shoes I'd, I'd be quite annoyed I think it was it was very underwhelming to mm. say the least uh, never really laid a glove on Aberdeen they had a bit of a spill in the second half but well, the, well it ended up with just the one shot and target and it was a, a bit of a dribbler from Ian Harks um, and Aberdeen to be fair have, have been playing in Europe and, and scoring goals and doing well but not convinced how brilliant they're they're going to be this season. So I was expecting a bit more from United, especially the way they'd they'd handled their their almost said last season's sponsor. But we better get going with the Premier Sports Cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How they'd handled that um, quite well. It hadn't been perfect, obviously, but they, they picked up wins and, and clean sheets and stuff. Um, the manner of the goals, though, I, th- I thought were were poor. The first one, nobody nobody bothers to. Close down uh, Lewis Ferguson, Marilla Parker, or anybody really. The United players are just kind of standing watching. And Johnny Hayes just runs through the middle. It looked a bit offside, but United's line was all over the place. And then the second goal, they just don't mark uh, the big striker, big American boy. Um, so, I, I mean, if I, if I was in the United fan shoes, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty worried about how that's gone particularly with Rangers coming this weekend but you got to hope that it's maybe just uh, kind of teething problems for a, for a new mm-hmm. head coach and, and hopefully just a, a one-off thing because it, 
the very least, I think they have to show on, uh, at the weekend is a bit of fight. I don't think many are expecting three points or anything like that, but have to give Rangers a game, I think, at least. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't get any easier for United, but um, I think when you look at, we talk about some of the fans being upset, it's maybe as much as the performance wouldn't have pleased them um, against Aberdeen, they didn't really um, lay a glove on the Dons. You say, George, you know, Ian Hawks' shot was the only shot on target and it was it was barely even that. You know, it was like a dribbler, like you say, but I think some of the frustration comes from maybe the, the comments after the match. You saw a lot of fans maybe getting a wee bit angry at, at some of the things Tam Courts was saying. He said that the United had edged the first half um, despite being 1-0 down and that, you know, Aberdeen were getting soft goals from them and... Um, you know, it's 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 a difficult position um, for him, Bear. I suppose he's in this new job, and um, he's got he's got to like learn as he goes, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, maybe a wee bit of naivety in some of the things he's saying, and um, you can maybe understand why the fans are frustrated. Yeah, there, there will be that. I mean, he's just he's a young young guy in, in his first managerial role. It's a, it's a big step from the youth team to going in front of the cameras after the Premiership game. You know, um, but I was I was a poor show, but you know we've got to get a bit of perspective <laughs> on things. It's it's the first Premiership game of the season. United had uh, a good run in the in the, the Premier Sports Cup, admittedly against lesser opposition, but they got they came through that. But they went up against an Aberdeen side who George has already said were playing a higher level of football in in, in Europe. Um, you know, so it was always going to be a tough game. Even United going up there, you know, on the ball are going to get a tough time at Petordia. And on Saturday, it was just a disappointing... Uh, Sunday, you should say, it was a dis- just a disappointing day for the Tangerines. I don't think they played particularly well. I'm not sure about edging the first half, it, it, you know, as Tom Courts Tom said. Um, I, I think the Dons pretty much dominated and, and were well worth the 2 nothing victory. But, you know, Aberdeen are a strong side. I, th- I think they've introduced a few new men. They've started quite brightly. I think the capture of Scott Brown, is, as much as... Stephen Glass's assistant Scott Brown is still a top top player. He's still got a, you know a, a couple of seasons left. I would I would reckon in those legs, and he controls games. You know he's just a, a fantastic player to have on your side. He, he keeps the ball for fun. He makes things look simple. He puts tackles in, and he, an all round sort of aura of Scott Brown in the team has will raise the dawns this season. I would I would think. You know, so it was a tough game for United. So that's why we need. A wee bit of perspective. Mm-hmm. Sure, the they've got to be better. They've got to be better. Um, I think the surprise for me was, you know, the, 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 again there was talk about, uh, you know, them blooding quite a few youngsters this season. There wasn't any youngsters really in the team. They went up with a pretty much experienced lineup. The guys like Freeman, Mochrie, uh, Nielsen, Chalmers, they were all on the bench. You know, so you can see where where Tam Courts is thinking. It certainly won't be a team full of young, youngsters. We might see one or two be introduced this week, but here they're playing Rangers. I mean, you you, you can't pick who you play each week, and I'm sure if, if, if Tam Courts had had the choice, it wouldn't have been Rangers he would have picked to play in his next game. Hmm. But that's that's the way it, that's the way it is. And United have just got they need to show more. Well, regardless of, of the result on Saturday, and Rangers will be massive favourites. There's no doubt about that. Although they are playing a European game this week, which, mm. which can sometimes you know be a factor, they'll still be massive favourites. But what United uh, need to do is show a wee bit, no a wee bit more, a lot more than they showed at Petrodia. A bit more aggression going forward, a bit more aggression uh, on the park, and you know to do that is going to need everyone on board, not just on the park, but you know in the stadium. They're going to have fans at the game as well, so they'll need the full backing of the fans 
you know, let's give Tom Courts a chance here. Let's not get on his back because the negativity coming from the terracing will, will end up on the park and that's the wrong place to be for your first home league game of the season, Carl. Yeah, you feel that it's how United react now to these supporters coming back. There's close to 5,000 going to be at Tanadice um, on Saturday lunchtime. George, it'll be the first time that they've had a sizable crowd. I mean, they've had a, a few hundred in for the, the Premier Sports Cup games at the start of the season, but it's the first time they've had a real, you know, four-figure um, attendance since, since March last year. So it's a big one for the players. You, you'd like to hope it affects them positively, um, but it's the champions, isn't it? So, you know, it no, doesn't matter if it's a full house, it's, it's going to be a difficult game. Yeah, I, I think it will be a positive well, from the start, anyway. Um, the games uh, I've been lucky enough to be at over the, the start of the season and obviously Dundee's playoff final, the fans made a big difference, particularly in the big games, uh, pushing the team team on. And then back then I saw the other side of that at Kilmarnock when, when Dundee scored so early. And the fans turned, and and they were they were uh, pretty scathing of of the Kamarnik team and the way they went down without a fight. Because and that's all the fans will, will want to see on on Saturday. As I said, they're not expecting a, a victory or, or three points coming another way mm-hmm. against by far the best team in, in the league. But what United players have to have to put out there is they have to make sure Rangers know they've been in a game they have to put in a bit of fight and a bit of heart and, and, and I'm sure they'll do that with when you when they hear that crowd backing them at the start I've no doubt that'll have a, a real positive effect on them um and I, I can I can only imagine that cheer goes up when Callum Butcher crunches in his first <laughs> tackle and kicks somebody up in the air that'll get them going surely but you say that and like obviously you're, you're making a joke and whatever but it makes a difference I think we all know that makes a difference yeah. um, when you see it both sides of the street you know whether it's Callum Butcher at United or it's maybe Sean Byrne at, at Dundee you know they make a big tackle and it, it, it lifts the, yeah. the support um, particularly the, the psychos and the nutters that reside in <laughs> places like the Derry and um, things like that they like all that they like the blood and thunder of football so um, but anyway less about Dundee more about United at the moment um, we injury update Going into this game against Rangers, uh, Louis Apre, Flo Hotte and Jean Fuchs are all in contention, which is good news for United. Gives Tam Courts a few more options to look at. Um, Mark Connolly and Declan Glass, who are both out with really, you know, quite severe long-term knee injuries, um, are back in training, but obviously we won't be expecting to see them on the pitch anytime soon still. Um, but Bear, that's good news to have a few more options for, for Tam Courts. Like you say, you might like to throw in some of these young guys, Apre, Hotte. Um, but also good to see um, the, the guys who've been out long term making quite a quite a speedy recovery, particularly in Mark Connolly's case. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can never have a big enough squad, you know, to, to choose from, and uh, certainly for you know for the for the long term injured guys, it's good to see them back on the mend. Um, you know, you, you sometimes you can pick up a serious injury and it drags on and on and on, but it's good to see that they're back in the fold and and, and back involved again, and hopefully it won't be too long before they're, they're back challenging for first team places. In terms of how uh, he how he goes on on Saturday against Rangers, he might he might tweak it a wee bit, you know, because it was quite a flat performance. But then, I mean, did did Adrian Sporley get a game at the weekend? Did you know he was on the bench? Did he did he come on at all? I don't think he did, did he? So he's another one who could come come into the reckoning. Um, I think a guy like Jean Dofus, uh, you know, the, 
he could be pivotal. He's he, he looks as though he started quite brightly. So so fingers crossed yeah. that you know you know he he's in there. Somebody with uh, you know a bit of energy, you know a bit of energy and and going and moving in the right direction. But it's a tricky one for Tom Quartz. Uh, I mean, he he could be tempted to throw in a, a, a few of these younger lads as well. But is that the, is this the game for? You know, is this the game for throwing in young guys? You know, we'll just have to wait and see. It's, he's got a lot of sort of. A lot of thinking to do before before the launch time kickoff on Saturday. That's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned John DeFuchs. I think he, he wasn't sort of deemed fit enough to to start mm-hmm. the Aberdeen game, but he came yeah. on and, and played about half an hour. And um, I wasn't at the game. I was obviously on holiday, as you, as you were as well, Bear. But reliably informed by Alan Temple, our colleague, that he came on and, and really made a big difference to, to United. As we know, what he can do, he is kind of um, full of energy, box to box. I think was it former manager Mickey Mellon described him as a Duracell bunny. You know, he <laughs> just keeps going and going. So. Um, you know that that is what he brings, and I think we're looking at these options and you know what can United bring on? You know who, who have they got in reserve? What, what are their options off the bench? It's and, and George and George and I spoke about this during the week, but they've not really added a lot in their last two seasons um, since they've been in the Premiership. It's maybe a source of frustration you'd imagine for the fans, George, that they've maybe only signed like what four, five players in the last two seasons and. You know they're they're still going with a squad that that got them through the championship. They maybe need to bring in a few more bodies if they're going to go and and you know give teams something to think about because maybe they're just becoming a wee bit predictable and, mm. and safe. Well, that squad was obviously too good for the the championship and the the way they mm-hmm. they romped through it. Um, but yeah, and we know what's like following our own teams. We get excited when a new signing comes in. Yeah, and there's not been much of that. Really, Charlie Mogra has been a big one. I think he's he's added a lot, a lot of quality and experience. Um, and what over the part, and then the obviously Trevor Carson coming in, mm-hmm. but we've not seen him yet because Benji Seagrass is still around. Um, it's maybe that's maybe a, a yeah. It's definitely going to be an aspect where fans are wondering where the where the development and the improvement in the in the team is go- coming from. Um, United will point to their youth players and the ones coming up, but we've not seen any of them really. We know they're good players, but yeah, they haven't quite mm. done it in the first team yet. Carl, uh, George, I just jump in. I think Callum, Callum's right. Uh, United, there is a predictability about the way United will yeah. play. And last season, I mean, it, it did the job for them. There's no doubt about that. But Tam Courts has got the same problems that Mickey Mellon has because the staff the personnel hasn't really changed mm-hmm. so he's still got to find that balance within the team that allows the team to get up the park and to feed the forwards with the right sort of service that's going to provide chances for goals you're still seeing a United team that looks as though they can't really get down the flanks they can't really get forward in numbers to give Lawrence Shankland and, and you know Nicky Clark the opportunities they will require to get goals it's, and it's it's a conundrum that, that uh, Tom Coates is going to have to solve because if, it, if they don't then again again this season they're going to have to pretty much rely on that defensive setup, mm-hmm. you know to win them points over the course of the season because the, the front line have been starved of ammunition Yeah well Shanklin's obviously the top player in the squad or there or thereabouts he, he wasn't in the game on Sunday they couldn't get him in the game couldn't mm-hmm. get him the ball mm-hmm. that's obviously the, the big problem they've got to solve providing he's still around obviously with a bit of team circling but um, that's what was it was just as you say better it was very similar to, to last season when they just couldn't get create very much uh, and that's that's the big task for Tam Courts and it's one he's got to solve fairly quickly I would say 
Yeah, you mentioned Lauren Shankland and, and the transfer situation with him. Of course, there's been interest down south for a while, as we know, Ipswich Town, MK Don, Swansea City. Um, these teams have been around for a while, but United also fielded a bid from Belgian side Beershot um, this week, a £300,000 bid. It was uh, initially reported as a half a million pound bid, but um, the, the bid from the, the, the Belgian team sort of fell short of the mark for United and they, they kicked it out. So Shankland remains at the club for now. They're still in talks with him. Um, to try and extend his deal, but f- for you, Bear, I mean, how do how do United go about this playing this? Because mm-hmm. the window's got what three weeks to go, less than that. Yeah, to go. Um, uh, can they be affording to turn down money like that for him? You know, do they need to get someone else in? Should they be still pushing on with the contract talks? It's a it's a tough situation for them. I mean, Calm, what sort of money are we talking about for Lawrence Shankland here? What, what was it? What was yeah, the... so three hundred thousand pounds yeah. was the one they turned down, but. Um, I mean, is that a derisory offer or, or, or should they be looking for more? Well, I mean, I think they would like more, but given this the situation where he's now running it in the last year of his contract, well in the last year of his contract, and effectively he can he can speak to clubs at Christmas, you know, and you know, for, you know, and thrash something out himself. That's a really tricky one, and, and for me, three hundred thousand pounds for Lauren Shankland would be better knocked back and having Lauren Shankland in the team mm-hmm. you no, know, for the next twelve months. I mean, you're looking at a guy who could get the goals that could possibly get them in the top six on a, on a, in a good season or possibly stave off any sort of relegation threat. So, I mean, where does £300,000 go nowadays, Callum? We heard yeah. that Mark Ogren was having to play in, what was it, three hundred and fifty grand a month during, was it three hundred fifty grand a month during sort of the pandemic to keep the club going? So where does 300000 go? It just goes, yeah, you know, it'd be quickly nation, gobbled it? up. Yeah. It would be quickly gobbled up, but... You know, we've got three weeks to go and interest is going to hot up on Lauren Shankland. But you've got to think about the laddie as well. I mean, he's he's got to make the best choice for himself. Well, there's a Belgian club involved. He's got, you know, he's he's got a young family. He's got to, he's got to make make the, the best decision for himself and his family. And, you know, I, I think things are going to be interesting over the, ne- the next few weeks. But as I've said in the past, the worst case scenario for United, I think, would be for him to to, to move very late on in the, in the transfer window and leave United really scrambling. Whether United have the resources to bring someone in before preempt, you know, preempt a, 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 a mm. Lauren Shankland move and, and they can get someone in before that, it's a gamble because can they afford to, to bring someone in and then suddenly Lauren Shankland still find Lauren Shankland at the club and they've got to, got to foot his wages as well. So I'm sure that's all going through the through everyone's minds, but. Uh, it's certainly going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see who stays and who goes. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, you know, do they have any replacements in mind? I mean, I know that um, Mark McNulty, who was at the club on loan last season, certainly on a long list of targets mm-hmm. for United in terms of their striking options. Whether he's the top target doesn't seem like he is. Um, Mickey Mellon is actually sniffing about McNulty as well um, at Tranmere, trying to bring him down to, yeah. to League Two from, from the Championship where he is with Redden. And we know that McNulty can do it at that level. He did it with Coventry so well, so... Um, that could be an option for him, but United certainly looking at their former player there. Um, Jamie Robson's been linked for a move away as well. Lincoln City interested. Um, I think they, they supposedly tabled a bid of two hundred grand, but I think it was less than that, far less than that. Um, maybe half that. I, don't, I think United have kicked that back as well. So um, I think United, like we've said about Shankland, Robson, probably Segrist as well. If the bids aren't, you know, um, hitting the mark they expect, probably closer to a million pounds for. Shankland and Segrist certainly um, they're going to get kicked back because yeah. they'd rather have them obviously for the rest of the season because those two in particular at both ends of the park are mm-hmm. so so important to to Dundee United um, looking away from serious first team matters like this um, Manchester United 
are the latest mega club to pitch up at St Andrews and use it as a pre-season training base. Tam Quartz has described it as a thorn in his side, George. Um, you can see where he's coming from in a way, and that they're having to give up a pitch or two to the Premier League giants, but um, it's good for the punters, isn't it? We've seen them cutting about Brody Ferry, getting their dinner at <laughs> Forgans, Paul Pogba getting shouted at off the, bu- the bus by mad Dundonians, so it's uh, it's good entertainment at least. What, are they Dundonians if they're in Brody Ferry? I don't know. Uh, uh, well, Bear can answer that one, are they? Yes, I don't know. Yes, they are. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd say they are. They're in the city boundary, are. they're Dundonians. Oh, a lot of them might think, oh, they might think they're not, but they <laughs> <laughs> I've very much enjoyed the uh, seeing their uh, choices of what they ordered for their dinner. And uh, the British boys uh, were on the cheeseburgers uh, rather than the healthy stuff. Luke Shaw actually had cheeseburger, fries, and chips. According to that, <laughs> fries and chips. What's the difference? Luke, Luke that's, Shaw. That's what it said. Luke that's Shaw what it said on the menu. Luke Shaw looks to me as though he would like a good cheeseburger, fries, and chips. So doesn't he? he looks <laughs> sort of guy. I mean, he was fantastic for England in the, in the European Championships. Yeah. But he looks like one of these guys that you know he, he quite likes the occasional kebab and that. You know, Bale's got um, Jordan Pickford on the Red Bull now. He's got Luke Shaw on the cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, it's a healthy camp. Gareth Southgate's been. Um, Building there, yeah. But um, where, where did you see this? Their food orders. Who's yeah, exactly. leaking this? Some way. It's on. The, it's on Twitter. The restaurant. Is it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think the chef put picture up. I think. <laughs> Brilliant. I think. I think Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is more worried about the six pint of lager Luke Luke Shaw had as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's um no, it's certainly it's it's as much as Tam Quartz is obviously a bit frustrated that he's maybe not getting to use his best pitches for for his team. It's 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 good for the area and it's good for for the club and and for St Andrews to to have this growing reputation. You see it every summer now. You, you've already had what West Ham have been there. So It's obviously because of the, the pandemic that the clubs don't want to go to Dubai or, or abroad for their, their camps and stuff. So they're looking, looking north of the border. But yeah, that's what happens when you're yeah using a facility that kind of high standard that big clubs are going to want to do the same. But I think the good thing as well, Colm, is that, you know, they've come up as a, as, a, as, a, as a fantastic facility. You guys have seen it. You know, the pitches are absolutely immaculate. But because they're in the area and they're looking to get games a lot of these clubs as well, so the obvious choice is the city of Dundee, you know, come and play one of the two Dundee clubs. And we've seen that. We've seen clubs that have stayed over there, Manchester City and West Ham and, and Barcelona. And they'll come and take friendly games as near as they possibly can. And that's, that's good for Dundee and United because they get a spin-off to that. You know, unfortunately, no fans are into games at this point in time. But uh, in the past, you know, we've seen sort of big crowds at, at these games, you know, because just, just to see the world stars. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe United can do a wee deal with uh, Man U to try and get a few of the players over on loan. <laughs> well, why not? Why not? We swap deal. We'll give you John Dofuchs. You give us Paul Pogba. Easy Ozzy. See you later. You can eat at Forgans every, every night of the week. <laughs> Look, Shaw would sign that deal by the sound of it. You'll need a left back if Jamie Robson goes. Anyway, okay. Moving on, jumping over the other side of the street, let's have a little look at the Dark Blues. Are you a Dundee United supporter? You're probably pictured in the Arabs Away book. Do you know any Dundee United supporters? They're probably in the book too. You, your friends, your family, your tribe are in this book. This is a football book with a difference. is isn't really about the players, the games, the on-field achievements. It's about you, the supporter. It tells the story of the supporter's journey. It shows us in triumph, in despair, in song, in anger and in pubs. It shows us laughing and celebrating, home and away, young and old, for better or worse. Have a leaf through the book. Every few pages you exclaim, I ken that lad, or I was there, or I remember that. 
There's never been a United book like this. There never will be again. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 20% discount on Arabs Away at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code ARABS20 at checkout. That's A-R-A-B-S-2-0 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Yes, Dundee also kicked off their Premiership season um, on Saturday last weekend. Um, Dundee's first Premiership game in, what, two years, George? Yeah, and it's against the same mm-hmm. opponents as it was last time at the same stadium as last time. Um, different scoreline, though. Dundee 2, St Mern 2. Um, St Mern getting off to a flying start, obviously. Um, <laughs> Eamon Brophy getting an early goal, but Dundee fighting back twice from behind. Um Charlie Adams sort of claiming the header. Um, it was a Joe Shaughnessy on goal in the end. Jimmy McGrath with a debatable penalty. Then Jason Cummins pops up the super sub and, and gets the equaliser. It was a an entertaining game, a bit of controversy. It's it was all just everything wrapped into one. Everything you want for a you know a big season opener for for a club that's that's been starved of this kind of football for a couple of seasons. Yeah, it was a great game. I mean, as you say, it had had a bit of everything. Uh, goals, red cards, dodgy referee decisions. Injuries, sadly, um, and plenty of fans, more, mm. more fans than Dens has seen in what 16 months now or whatever. Um, so aye, so onwards and upwards, I think. And I think it was a, it was a decent result for Dundee in the way the game went. Obviously, playing the last, being behind twice uh, and playing the last half hour with, with just 10 men after uh, Max Anderson's, I'm not sure if I can call it a tackle, uh, but challenge maybe uh, isn't doing it justice either but um but I they, they showed showed they got plenty of fight about them still we knew that after last season but yeah they're not a team that really goes away that easily not not like Dundee teams have in the past where heads go down and uh, and it's quite easy for the opposition Dundee tend to go the other way now I think uh and yeah but when they're playing a team like Samaritan, they really should be beating mobs like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we joke, but it is a good test of, of where Dundee are at because Dundee should be competing with Samaritan. You know, that not much difference between the clubs. Samaritan are looking good though this season. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Made some good signs. So. Absolutely. I think I think Curtis Main and Eamon Brophy linked up well. Um, it was good to see Will, uh, Brophy score and get the Wolfman celebration out for the first time in black and white. So I enjoyed that. But obviously... You mentioned the, the controversy in the game. Um, Bear, what was your view of the penalty that St Murmur awarded when uh, Jason Cummins sort of kind of collided yeah, with Jay well, Henderson? It, it, it's really why you didn't really want a, an attacker, a forward back in the box, defending at corner kicks or set pieces or things like that. I think, you know, Jason Cummins, his first touch, a ball goes across him and he's facing, he's actually facing his own goal and he, he, he lets it run past him. And he, I don't think he's really aware was it the guy, was it Henderson? Yeah. Calm. Yeah, yeah so coming by and he sort of turns into the ball and, and Henderson knocks it by him and makes the most of it. I mean, I think it's a, a, there is contact, but I think he throws himself to the ground. Of, even, you know, I know I'm sort of got my dark blue tinted spectacles on here, but I think it was a soft, soft penalty. But if it had been at the other end, would we have been shouting for it? You bet we would have. And I, I think if there's contact in the area, you know, the referee's got a decision to make and unfortunately for Dundee, he gave it against them. But uh, overall, I, th- I mean, I-, I thought it was a terrific performance. I thought it was a terrific game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it, yeah. Dens was bathed in sunshine as well, which and the pitch was immaculate, you know. So long may that continue as well. 
the fans were in at long last. Although I've got to say, uh, anyone who was fortunate enough to get a ticket for the game, you, you had to go in early. I mean, I know guys that were going in, they had a, there was a time on the ticket you had to be in by. So some guys were going in at 10 to 2. For myself, I had to go in at 20 past 2. Now, that's that's fair enough. It's not ideal because it eats into your drinking time, Callum. You know, <laughs> let's be honest about this here. You know, most Dundee fans don't leave the pub until about 5 to 3. Some are 5 past 3. But uh, yeah, what I don't understand is why you've all got to. You know, you, you go in sort of spaced out, but at the end of the game, it's a free for all getting out. God, you know, everybody's, everybody's just piling down the stairs and out the gates. But anyway, going back to the game, <laughs> yeah, great, great advertisement for the first game of the season. I thought yeah. St. Martin were good. I think I've spoken about this before. Jim Goodwin's uh, has improved St. Martin's a lot. There's no doubt about that. Look, a well balanced side. I like the, 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 I like the guy Henderson, even though he's a wee diver, like, and <laughs> on the right hand side. And, and Scott Tanter on the left from St. Johnson's a great acquisition. Up front, Main and Brophy will get them goals. So they've got a nice balance to the side. But for Dundee, I think the biggest thing, and George has touched on it, the biggest plus for Dundee was the character they showed. You know, it was before the game, they had COVID in the squad through the week. You know, the worst possible start, they, they, lose, they lose the early goal, you know, and then they get injuries to, to Mullen. Um, they get injuries to, you know, Christy Elliott as well. So they've got two substitutes on. You know, a soft penalty. Um, um, uh, from Dundee's perspective uh, but they hit back with a goal and then uh, you know a, a great goal I've got to say from Jason Cummins yeah, for, for the equaliser it was, it was a great move you know right from back to front early ball you know Max Anthony great turn up the left and, and the box from Marshall and, and it wasn't as easy a finish as, as it looked Callum you know mm. it looks like a tapping for some people but he's had to sweep it away yeah. from the goalkeeper he positions himself well he gets himself yeah he does position. his body shape his yeah. body his body shape is, is is pretty good so and you know it was it was good but getting back to the original question Callum about the uh, you know Max Anderson you know I, I think it was I mean I think it was a, a send off because it was more of a kick than a tackle that's that's the difference I think Max Anderson a more experienced player would have, would have been able to slide in and clip that you know the the St. Martin the St. Martin guy and you know um but that, that's just that's just the, the, the way it is sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think it was I think I think the ref made the right call. There's yeah. no doubt about that. What I, what I'd like to see is I am hoping that throughout the season, I mean Eamon Brophy still had about sixty or seventy <laughs> yards to go before he was at the opposition <laughs> goal. So I'm just hoping that you know if, if that happens against Dundee and Dundee are breaking up the park and, and you know Max Anderson 60 or 70 yards and he gets chopped down that a referee will be consistent and will produce a red card but you know you doubt it at these things but overall it was it was, it was a great day for Dundee you know for to, to get themselves a point on the board get themselves goals on the board and get themselves up and running as a, they made their, their Premiership uh, bow once again I have to say, I was back in Paisley on holiday and I was watching the game with my, my pals and my dad on something on TV and <laughs> for some strange reason, both sets of fans were really unhappy with the referee. Yeah. The, uh, the Simone co-commentator, I think he was like screaming and shouting when Simone got the penalty. That's about the first thing Craig Napier's got right today. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, he's um, he's sending off Max Anderson that's for that joy, tackle on Brophy. It's really Scottish football, isn't it? It's great that yes, you, the referee it? gets it in the neck all the time. I've got to say, the big guy, the, the, the guy Henderson, he got taken off to, towards the end, didn't he? With twenty minutes to go, and he had to do the mm. walk of shame right past the Dundee fans in the Shankly stand, <laughs> and he was getting absolute pelters yeah. from the fans. It's great, it great to see that back as well. But to be fair, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, the young lad, he took it all in his stride. This had a wee chuckle himself as he as he walked off the part. So he's a good wee player, by the way. Should just say as well, on Max Anderson is as much as you know he makes that tackle, and maybe it's a wee bit sort of naive. I think was it Paul McGowan after the game? George was saying that 
it was it was just trying to slow the game down, trying to stop the game, and he maybe just got it wrong. Yeah, the, um, the managers the also tried to take a bit of the blame by saying that I tell my players to do that. Mm-hmm. Basically, if if there's a counter attack mm-hmm. going, then you you stop the game. Mm-hmm. You just there was no malice there, was there? There was no. It didn't uh, hurt Brophy. Uh, Brophy's not. No, hurt, he, so. he wasn't trying to hurt him. No, he, he was just trying to stop him, but. Needs a wee bit more subtlety, I think, <laughs> next time. Uh, just a little trip, as, as Bear says. You have to, you have to make it look like, at least look like you're trying to win the ball. That's mm-hmm. you're not going to get sent off if you just slide in and you catch the boy. Yeah. Uh, but because he was nowhere near the ball, and, and it was, it was quite comical. It, it was thankfully Brophy is okay. Um, <laughs> But I couldn't help but chuckle when I saw it again yeah. on sports scene that night. You have to say though, it's he was brilliant, Anderson in the game, and he was involved. He, he was got great. the sort of second assist for the goal um, and the build up. Jordan Marshall, great to see him doing it at Premiership level as well. Mainly because he's in my fantasy team for this two <laughs> teams one street fantasy league that we <laughs> set up. So it was good to get some points for Marshall getting the assist. But it's good to see the players making that step up. And actually, Max Anderson might be a bit of a loss now that he's out for for two games. You'd imagine, George. I think so. I, th- I thought he was excellent. Um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what uh, who's fit and who can who can start at Celtic on Sunday because John McGee may well have to mm-hmm. play in defence again, whether it's a right back or, or whatever. Can I just, George, George, I'm going to jump in here about Jordan McGee. Did, did we not have a conversation about four weeks ago about Jordan McGee saying where where is his best position and where will James McPeak play him? And we all said the middle of the park. And there you are, first game of the season, he's stuck in the defence because he's just that sort of player, isn't he? Enforced, isn't it? It was enforced. It was enforced. Yeah. It was, oh, uh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He's one of these guys that uh, would like to see him playing in that with that drive in the middle of the park because he gets goals going yeah. from back to front. Definitely. But because of the injury situation, he's the one guy that you could see, well, Jordan can play there, Jordan can play there, <laughs> Jordan can mm. play there. So, so mm. you could end up more often than not in the back line rather than in the middle of that park. Yeah, and 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 obviously that leaves a bit of a gap with, mm-hmm. in terms of the energy in the middle of the park with not having either of them because if McGee's not there, then Max Anderson's a, a perfect replacement, Absolutely. I would say. But Maxi might even get in the team anyway, the, mm-hmm. way, the way he's been playing. His energy is unbelievable. His first touch is top class if you watch him it's unbelievable the control he's, he's got at the ball um, you feel he's the kind of kid goals that as he last he's ready just to kind of maybe not a growth spot but sort of fill out a wee bit and get used to the physicality mm-hmm. at this level and he'll be fine he'll just be flying after that because he's quite big, the only thing he's missing yeah he's, yeah, he's tall he's just yeah. not filled out I'll come but no I think Dundee have got a real player in their hands there absolutely in terms of the injury situation we touched on it Danny Mullen had to come off with, with an ankle injury in the first half against St Mern thankfully it's not as serious as was First expected, but he's still going to be out for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Cami Kerr, Liam Fontaine, Alex Kubiak, Sean Byrne. How are they all looking, George? How how are things shaping up for yeah, this this tough trip to Celtic I, on Sunday? Mullins wasn't broken, but it still may be a serious one. That's um, mm. the concern. That they're waiting to hear back exactly how long he might be out. They're getting it scanned. Obviously, the X-rays came back good, but there's a there's a bit of damage there. I think so. It may it may be a few weeks. It may even extend into months. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll find that out. Uh, at the end of the week, Cam cares to see a knee specialist because he he hurt his knee at Montrose, but then he was part of the group of players that had to self isolate so he can get examined or anything like that. So they're waiting to hear back on that. But James McPeak said he, they're fairly confident or they're, they're hopeful that it might not be a, a serious one that requires any intervention. Uh, in terms of the others, they're looking good, mm-hmm. says the manager. Fontaine's been back. Um, Training, Kubiak's been back 
doing a bit of training. Uh, I think they were just taking things easy with him, considering the year he had last year. Uh, and Sean Byrne, by all accounts, is looking good uh, coming back into the team. Maybe, if well, we'll have to wait and see how ready he is for first-team football mm-hmm. at the weekend, but he may come straight back into the team. Yeah. Danny Mullen, obviously, Bear started the season as Dundee's number nine, yeah. as we probably thought he would do. Um, now that he's out, it's a chance for Jason Cummins, who obviously came on and impressed against St Murn, but also Killian Sheridan and or Alex Jakubiak to come in and take a claim. Yeah, first of all, heartbreak for, for Danny Mullen. You know, you start with, in, in the team leading the line and, you know, within the first 20 minutes, you're off the park on a stretcher. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's not as serious as we first thought, but hopefully... You know, sometimes these things can drag on a wee bit, especially after you've, you've done a bit of pre-season, you've fair bit of pre-season mm. work and you're, you're ready to go. And, you know, Danny just that Danny just can't seem to get a run of games through one one thing or another. More often or not, it, it's because of injuries. So hopefully he gets this out of the way and he gets himself back to full fitness and uh, gets himself back, you know, in, in the team because he proved he can, at the end of last season how valuable a player he can be for Dundee this season. Elsewhere, Jason Cummins... As Jason Cummins isn't he was just involved, which is what he and bo- at both ends of the part. I just didn't want to see him back in the other box too often. I would I would think you know, let's let, let's see him more at the other end. He looks to me like he can hit double figures, Callum. Um, yeah, whether whether that's possible. I mean, if, if he can if, if he can hit double figures, and if Sheridan can do the same, Dundee will be cooking. Now that, that's that's quite a big ask at this stage when Cummins is there's only one goal between them. It's early <laughs> days, but. Well, um, I've got, got to say, four, fair, if you include the yeah, cup, aye, so. of course, yeah. yeah. I've got to say, fair play to uh, fair play to James McPake because when when Max Anderson went off, the, the temptation would have been to, 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 to pull off one of the front two, but he left both of them on. Maybe that was more to do with what he had on the bench. I'm I'm not sure, you know, but uh, they, they basically just spent the entire uh, last twenty minutes running, not really touching the ball, just running, running about and chasing things. Um, I've got to bring uh, mention Paul McMullen as well, and that because he was outstanding. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys thought in the last twenty minutes he would. You know, he, he did a fantastic job defensively. Uh, you know, down that yeah. right hand side, he, he made a, a crucial, a, a great shot. interception as well, yeah. didn't he? When I don't know who that's was in, right. it was yeah. either Brophy or Main, but yeah. one of them was in and was going to square the ball to the other yeah. for you know that's potentially right. a winner. He, and he, he, Mullen comes back and shift that, yeah. that lad is yeah. that lad, and he's been a big star. So yeah, and hopefully we can see Jakubiak as well. But I think interestingly, it'll be interesting to see. But. I know Celtic haven't got their problems to seek at this point in time, but you know it's, it's still going to be a tough, tough, tough afternoon for Dundee at Celtic Park. It's, it's you know it's Angie Postecoglou's first game. I think there's going to be about twenty five thousand at Parkhead, mm-hmm. and Celtic have got to deliver. You know their fans aren't happy the way, the way way things have started this season. So Dundee will be up against it. And I think I'm just wondering if James McPake will tweak how he sets up. Will he go with Cummins and Sheridan up front? I might just be that you know, they just play with the one and the fill up the midfield. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. But they should be going there in good heart, certainly after after Saturday's game against St. Mum. There are there is not a good time, is there, really, to play either side no. of the old firm? But if you were to play <laughs> Celtic, you'd want to play them now. They're, they're quite low on confidence. They've mm. just been knocked out of Europe. Well, knocked out of the Champions League. They've lost to Hearts in the, the first day of the season. Um, and, and Dundee, on the other hand, are, are still sort of all right. It wasn't perfect against Saint Murn, but they're still riding yeah. crested away from last season. George and yeah. uh, you know they have they do have a chance going there. There's, it's not as you know as much as a, a foregone conclusion as it might have been in previous seasons. No, that's, that's what I would say. It's probably the best chance they've had in years, just purely because Celtic are such a shambles at, at mm. the moment. Um, 
they've obviously brought in some new players, and we may see Joe Hart and uh, James McCarthy playing on Sunday. But then that they've obviously got quality, but yeah. maybe it adds further just just this disjointed performances. You, you never know how these things go on, on debuts and stuff. But the one that gives me confidence in thinking from a Dundee point of view is that Celtic concede and did this last season. This season, I think they've been particularly bad at conceding goals from set pieces. I think they've been really poor. That was obviously the winner for Hearts. Uh, defended it really badly. And Dundee are very good at set pieces. They've obviously got the delivery from Charlie Adam, Paul McGowan, Paul McMullen as well. Um, but they've got guys like Lee Ashcroft powering and Charlie Adam was at basically forced the goal, the first goal from the corner against St Mirren. So Dundee have got that weapon in their, their armoury that I think could could be really useful on Sunday. But Celtic have got so much quality. I mean, the players aren't even getting a game. And like Ryan Christie and, and James Forrest and Tom Rogic and stuff like that. So, I mean, these are very, very, very talented players, even if they're not playing at their best at the moment. Yep, nothing to lose for Dundee going to Celtic Park on Sunday. Big DeCranio will be there covering for the Tilly and the Courier, so do keep posted on that. Um, but we're going to leave it there for the Dens Park team at the moment and move on to talk about other matters on the continent. Yes, there's plenty of European action taking place involving Scottish clubs this week. Um, as we re- record on Thursday tonight, um, our Tayside neighbours, St Johnston, are having a massive clash for the club, aren't they? Taking on Turkish Giants, Galatasaray in the Europa League third qualifying round in Istanbul. Bert, it's a huge game um, for St. Johnston. Do you give them any chance of of sneaking something or, or, or getting a decent result to take back to Perth? I think they can. I think, I mean, St. Johnston are one of these teams, I mean, it doesn't matter who they play. They give they give opposition very little, very little opportunities. Now, you obviously got to take into account the quality uh, that they're going to be up against, but St. Johnston are, are, are pretty well drilled a pretty well drilled side. We saw that last season when you know they went to places like Ibrox and and, and came away with results. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think sometimes you just look at the names of some of these clubs and they've got their Champions League experience and things like that, and some of the star names they maybe have in their squads, and you think, oh, that's a foregone conclusion. But I think St Johnston can 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 pull off a bit of a shock in this one to be perfectly honest. And it's just a pity that you know it's it's done under the under the sort of banner of COVID and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we'd have loved, St. Johnson fans would have loved nothing better than to go yeah. over there in numbers and, and enjoy, enjoy the, you know, the trip and and hopefully when, when they get back to Perth, we'll get fans in as well, like, you know, but uh, no, I think, I think St. Johnston, you know, I've, I've got a chance. I mean, I, I, I will be tough. There's no doubting, doubting about that. Um, but I hopefully that they, they can, they can go beyond August in, in, in Europe because for all their efforts last season, St. Johnston deserved to get to the latter stages of this company. They deserve to maybe get to the group stages or, you mm. know, and, 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 and move it on because two double cup winners, it'd be a shame if, if, if sort of the benefits of that by getting into Europe was ended, um, you know, in, in the first weeks of the new season. Um, but unfortunately, because of the coefficient and things like that, that's the Scottish clubs are at at the moment. So, We've just got to take that on the chin and, and hopefully they can do that. But I think I think Susan Johnson have got a wee chance here. Yeah, Bear mentions it there, George, but it's not the kind of trips of seasons gone by to like Estonia or Azerbaijan. It's it's a huge team in Galatasaray. They've got some fantastic players, Falcao, um, Ryan Babo, Arda Turan. I mean, it's it's a real test for St. Johnson and, and something that even if they weren't to 
progress, it's it's going to be a tough ask. They'll learn so much from this. Yeah, and it's it's not like the uh, the club have done anything to antagonise Galatasaray either, or their fans <laughs> so far. Uh, it's always a good move. Isn't yeah, it's it? always smart with the um, Turkish ultras. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an interesting uh, welcome they might get to to hell as it as it used to be. I don't know whether it's still quite that bad, but I, I remember way back in the nineties when Man U going there and it was mm. it was like hell uh, heading in there. So, um, but oh, they've got to enjoy it though. Taking on some of the some of those players, I think there's a story of Falk I was leaving, but. Um, Still, some serious players that mm. maybe not quite at their best. Their best days are behind them, uh, which is why they're in Turkey. But they're a big club with a, a bit of a legendary manager as well. I think, uh, although Callum Davidson's turned himself into a bit of a legendary manager for St Johnston. So, um, no, it, 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 this is the reward for, for all their work last season. And you can see they've kept their squad, which I think they all want to be part of this. They all want to be in Europe and, and test themselves. But I think I'm right in saying that if they lose this, they just mm. drop right, out of the okay. Conference League. So I think they'll still have another chance. Um, I've lost track, George. I'm sorry, I've lost track of all of these competitions. I know. And, you know, it's drop drop downs when you lose like that. But yeah, I know Celtic have about 18 <laughs> goals at Europe. I think this season. Well, you've lost track there, but luckily I've got you sorted here. Right, I've got a wee guide for you. Yeah, okay. Hibs and Aberdeen are playing in Conference League third qualifying round action tonight as well. Uh, Hibs are taking on Rijeka from Croatia. Aberdeen played them a few years ago. Of course, actually beat them in Croatia. And Aberdeen are facing Bredabic, is that how you say it? Bredabic of uh, Iceland. Not too sure if that's how you say it. Probably made a right mess of that. Rangers have lost 2-1 in the first leg of their Champions League third qualifying round game against Malmo. And the second leg of that's Ibrox on Tuesday. And Celtic, as we mentioned earlier, have been knocked out of the Champions League. Um, they play uh, Czech side Jablonek tonight mm-hmm. um, in the Europa League third qualifying round. But they could have a, a lifeline after Midgetland who who knocked them out of what did you say um, Midgetland that's yeah. what I call them Midgetland Midgetland <laughs> really whatever it's called team, Midgetland right? knocked yeah. them out yeah they knocked them out of the Champions League but they fielded an ineligible player um, Janinho yeah. because he's not a midget he's <laughs> over six foot tall so it's ineligible to play for them but they could have a lifeline there so there's still so much up in the air for European football well, but well I'm really hoping it's Celtic I hope they, tri- have they played Jablonic I hope it's a trip from hell for Celtic I really do. I mean, I hope I hope the hotels, you know, <laughs> they've got the fire alarm going off at night, you know, and it's a really bruising encounter. There's, the bus breaks down on the way back to the airport. There's flight delays. And that's that's nothing personal to do with Celtic. But, you know, I'm just hoping that, and I hope Celtic get through the, the tie and, and, and progress in Europe. I'm just hoping that they're absolutely knackered for Sunday's game against Dundee when they're on that park to give Dundee the best possible opportunity against something from the game, you know. So, uh, Nah, tongue in cheek. It's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what happens then? Celtic, I take a Celtic will play. We're 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 doing this on Thursday. Celtic will play tonight, mm. unless I mean that decision for Midland that will not be made today. I take it. I don't think so. I think obviously it has to go um, <laughs> to some kind of committee. Because I'm not going to be yeah. I'm not going to be standing on the pitch saying, "Wait a minute, we're back in the <laughs> we're back in the Champions League," and everybody forget off. this. This is a Absolute yeah. deadly competition. We're back in the Champions League. No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But it's uh, it's good for Scottish football to see so many teams involved in Europe. Hopefully, George, some of them can actually progress into the latter stages in terms of group stages of, of these competitions. Yeah, I think that's why the Conference League might be might be good for for our our clubs because we'll get we should be getting clubs into mm-hmm. the group stages of that. Um, as we've seen, the Hibs and Aberdeen kind of brushed past their first round ties so hopefully we see a bit more of that and the coefficient starts going the right way 
teams then get a bit of experience because you know you know well always remember that that's going back to the nineties, show my age, but it, it took a while for the English clubs to get used to the way European football works and the style of play you have to mm. you have to use to to get results. And I think that'll be the same with the Scottish team because we don't get nearly enough games in those competitions to get used to things and, and know what it's like to go to all these places and, and difficult uh, venues and things like that. So all that experience will, will help. And I hope that then sees us get more teams in the Europa League group stage and then more teams or more than just one team at a time in the Champions League group stage yeah. and, and gets our game going and back in the right direction. Yeah. And it gives the Dundee teams, you look at St. Johnston, Hibs, Aberdeen, it gives them something to aim for, doesn't it, Bear? Like, if they can do it, why can't we go and get a place in the Conference League? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that, um, you know, clubs getting into Europe in, in, in the past. You know, there, there is space. There is space here. We keep the coefficient up. You know, you're getting five clubs in. So there is there is always a chance you can get yourself in there. Unfortunately, certainly, I mean, for, for Dundee, it's been a long time now, you know, since, since they were last in Europe. We're going back to 2003. So, you know, we're coming up for the best part of 20 years. Can you believe that, Callum? You know, so... And as a, uh, there's still fans to this day will remember the game against Perugia and, and the and the trip to Italy. You know it's legend, it's tough of legends, but it's just it's just things that y- you want to be involved in. So there's opportunities there, and I think George is right. I, I think well maybe we can't really expect our teams to com- be competing with the top clubs in Europe. Maybe this Conference League gives other clubs an opportunity, not just to, to be involved in Europe, but to get a run in the competition again, you know, to get to the latter stages and show, yeah, we, we've got good leagues in Scotland. We should be, you know, at least competing with some of these teams and, and maybe even getting a chance to get to the, the quarterfinals and the semi-finals once again. Wouldn't that be good? Absolutely, it would. So um, good luck to all the Scottish teams tonight, apart from Celtic, who we want to get knocked out of yet another European competition. Um and we'll be back next week with another edition of Twa Teams One Street. Dundee having beat Celtic, they're out of Europe. Um, <laughs> United have beaten Rangers, and both teams are ahead of the Glasgow rivals in the table. Um, so, in another dimension, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>